Securities offered through Kester Investment Services, LLC, Kestra IS, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC, Kestra AS, an affiliate of Kestra IS. Capital Advisory Group, Inc. is not affiliated with Kestra IS or Kestra AS. Neither Kestra IS nor Kestra AS provide legal or tax advice and are not certified public accounting firms. work hard for your money. For the next hour, you're going to learn how to keep what's yours. Capital Advisory Group presents Keep What's Yours. Here is Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall. Welcome to Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall. I'm Josh Gilbert sitting here with Jeff Zufall, Senior Tech Strategist and Wealth Advisor with Capital Advisory Group. Hello, Jeff. Hey, how you doing? The clock is ticking. Tick-tock, you know, tick-tock. Do you have your, your tickets booked for that massive vacation that you're going to go on after tax day hits? I technically do. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody knows a CPA or something that this yeah. time of year, you know, their their wives are single parents, you know, their husbands are single yes, parents. I've uh, heard um, that from my wife. <laughs> you know, you're, you're eating, you know, McDonald's every night because you, you don't have, you're not, are you coming home for dinner? No. Nope, I won't be there till ten. Yeah, I won't. but the beauty of, of <laughs> I won't be there till till April nineteenth. Beauty of technology, though, you can actually work remote, so you could. Oh, you can work from the house. Work from the house. Don't get as much done just because I'm at the house, and that's the fear. Is uh, me and remote work in the past, like COVID, I would go home and go, "Hey, we're going to work from home today." Um, I'd wake up at three o'clock, laying on the couch watching sports, and go, "Oh yeah, I'm supposed to be working." <laughs> Oops, um, I forgot. <laughs> well, so you I know, can't do that. <laughs> you got a TV at the office, though. Oh yeah. So, but uh, no couches. No so couches. That's, no that's couch got thing. pulled out years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was dangerous. It was dangerous. Um, so, so Jeff's in the middle of tax time, and maybe we're gonna we'll take a hiatus from talking. Uh, tax day. It's April 18th this yes. year. Get a couple of days because of holidays. Um, April 18th, if you haven't done your taxes and you don't know how you're going to pay for them, the government still wants a check from you on yes. April 18th. Then they do. <laughs> just say this really quickly. You can get an extension. You can file for a payment plan, but you have to address it somehow, some way, you cannot just bury your head in the sand and hope the government never finds out. Yes. we. I hear from people all the time. They're like, well, wait, wait. You know, I filed an extension. I'm okay. Um, but why are they billing me for extra extra interest in a sense? The problem is, is an extension is strictly the ability to file the paperwork. paperwork. You, you still have to pay them. Have to pay them. Something. And again, it's a calculation. So typically, if you're a W-2 employee, you're okay to a degree. You could still owe some money, and if it's over a thousand bucks, they'll ding you for an underpayment penalty. Yeah, um, but it, it's kind of hard to calculate that. But if you're self-employed, you're supposed to be making estimated payments, and I hear this every year. It's like, well, I made them all but one. Um, the odds are they're going to hit you for an underpayment penalty. So, Jeff, um, as, as inefficient as the federal government is, all the red tape, when it comes to you not paying your taxes, they're, they're very, pretty good. They're very good. <laughs> <laughs> they're very good they're at very zeroing good. in on that and then charging yes. you interest Yes. So from the date that you didn't pay them to now. Exactly. And to get an extension is super simple. Literally, it's name, address, social security number, how'd you file last year, and press a button. Boom. Boom. Done. But. If you owe money, you have to send a check in or make a payment, even if you just guess at your previous year's tax liability. What did you pay last year? Pay last send year? them that money too. Did you pay at least that in? And if you did, then you're typically okay, um, and then go from there. But, again, just I hear that all the time. They're like, oh, I filed an extension. It's not an extension for payment. It's yeah. strictly an extension to put paperwork together to get it pumped in. Yep. So give Jeff a call, 636-394-5524. We're going to try to stay away from that stuff today yes. just to give Jeff a break, <laughs> a breather. But he's doing this, you know, as soon as he leaves here, he's probably going back to the office. Going right back at it. Um, he's working, you know, eight days a week, to quote Ringo Starr. I wish there was eight days. <laughs> eight days a week to get all this stuff done. So he'll be back at it. If you need his help, he will tell, He will help you. Yes. He'll help you with your extension. He'll help you pay. Well, not help you pay, but. No, I won't help you pay. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll make sure that we've got a nice round number. Yes. To send off to the IRS to make sure that we're still in the good graces while we get our extension going mm -hmm. that's what he's going to do when he leaves here yes. so for the next hour we're going to talk about something else that's right
Um, we talked interest rates last week, and mm-hmm. they're raising interest rates. They're trying to slow down the economy because so it's just running, running hot. It's running. The economy is really good. I mean, it, it really. You see, it's, you, it's so weird. Why would you want to slow down this this bullet train? Because it's going too far too fast, and inflation has reared 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 its head. I don't know how you say yeah, that, right? Yeah. You know, what, what's the <clears throat> what's the side effects of a really great economy? Well, inflation, inflation. <laughs> and and it was up to nine percent uh, yes. at its peak. Yeah, it's currently at six percent right now. Yeah, and so the the. The, the setup is in the and I say the old days, not like, you know, back in the 70s, they could raise interest rates and actually adjust the economy or get inflation down. There's a ton more factors, not to say it's different this time. That's really dangerous verbiage. Um, but it's it's a little weirder, I guess, is the easiest way to explain it. We had covid. We had all kinds of stimulus money that was pumped into the open economy, which in tune forces inflation up. Now the Federal Reserve raises rates in the in the uh, I guess the good graces that it will bring down corporate earnings, it will force unemployment up a little bit, um, and then you go into a recession. It resets the deck, and everybody's happy, and we go from there. Yeah. Um, the problem is, is they're raising rates. The the they're raising rates, and it's doing nothing other than it brought down inflation about I guess three percent. It was nine percent June of twenty twenty one. It's six percent now. Six percent today, but you got nine interest rate hikes to, to create a three percent decline. So regular uh, inflation, uh, they're shooting for two to two and a half percent. Yes, two to two and a half is the target of the Fed. It's at six. Yeah, so, so it's still a ways to go. It's yeah. still it's still six six percent higher than what it was a year ago. Because that's ago. how they do it is year mm-hmm. to year. So that's that's huge as we sit. So. The fear is this, is with the banking scenarios, they're kind of tiptoeing around this. Um, But one of the big things out there is the Federal Reserve has said to get this under control, we're going to squeeze the consumer so hard that they won't spend money, which in tune will then bring down corporate profits. But then, you know, I I turn on the TV and they say uh, Meta, which is Facebook. Yeah. It plans to lay off 10,000 people. Amazon plans to lay off 10,000 people. Yes. I'm thinking to myself, how big are these companies that they're just like, we're going to cut 10,000 people? Remember. You can, you can still still operate, operate yes. with well, 10,000 less people? But remember, through COVID in 2021, they hired all kinds of people to help out because they thought that was the, the trend of the rest of the world, in a sense, or the rest of time. Um, and like Amazon, Amazon stock has come just, just falling off the cliff. But in the past, nobody left their house. Everybody bought everything on the I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of it every day. I got to kick boxes out of the way to get yeah. in the door. Yeah, I think my wife still thinks that there's a pandemic because yeah. she, she but, keeps ordering stuff to the house. But that's just how it's kind of uh, creeped in the mainstream. Nobody goes to a store anymore. Um, just just here recently, they're starting to get back out and, you know, they can see it in retail sales, um, you know, where they're going to brick and mortar stores again. Slowly, and it's probably the older generation <laughs> yeah. that's doing it. Um, I'm I'm the type that if uh, if it's a item, I'll buy it on Amazon. But if it's like clothes, shoes, stuff like that, I've never ever gotten it right yet. So I no, you send almost it have back. to order three different sizes exactly to and get, ship two and of you them go, back. Hey, that, that one fits. Yeah. So so you'll start. But I'm probably that older generation that still isn't adapted Amazon to a T. Um, but you see stuff like that. So they hired tons of people through 20 and 21 to help build this out. And now all of a sudden we're kind of back, I don't want to say mainstream, but back to where we were pre-COVID to a small degree. They don't need them. So they start laying them off. But if you looked at the numbers of the people that they're laying off, yes, those people lost their job. Don't get me wrong. Um, but the big picture is it's a drop in the bucket. So yeah. unemployment is at 3 point, I believe it's 3.4, 3.5%. That is a 50-year low. And, you know, it's people cannot find workers. And yes. Whether it's the fast food restaurants. You know, I was driving down, you know, Limburg, and there's just restaurant after restaurant. Mm-hmm. And everyone says, no hiring, no hiring, exactly. no hiring. Exactly. It's hard to think that someone's going to leave Amazon and go work at the fast exactly. food restaurant. But that every industry, whether they've got a sign out front or not, every industry is looking, looking for people. Looking for people and our quality people that will take that place. Yeah. And, again, so 60 
I think it's 62.9% of the workforce is what they're, what is actually being calculated for unemployment. So the question is, there's there 40% of America not working? Oh, that's interesting. Well, what are they doing? <laughs> well, either retired, yeah. um, and, and they don't really give the numbers out completely, but are they could be retired, could have, you know, be on disability, so they can't work, um, you know, something like that. But it's a 62.9% is what they're saying. And there's economists out there they are saying that that 62% might actually be a high number. It might be actually be lower than that because a lot of self-employed people shouldn't be in that calculation for unemployment. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, so they're trying to squeeze the American consumer to, to not spend. To slow down spending, yeah. which in tune will then reduce corporate profits which in tune will then help regulate the economy. I guess regulate is probably not the is, right word. Right. Is this the idea? You know, my burrito cost $14 the other day, yes. which is insane. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yes. Well, how much you want me to pay you? Uh, if not as many people are buying burritos, will they slow down and say, all right, well, maybe we need to try, charge $12 yes. or $10 now yes. to get people back in the door? There's a price point uh, or a pain point, if you want to call it, where people will just say, hey, I'm not buying that, mm-hmm. and they walk away. Um, and that's what I think that's what corporate America is trying to figure out. Where is that pain point? Um, you know, where we'll quit. If you had to pay 20 bucks for the burrito, would you just go, nope, I'm done? Yeah, uh, yes, that's exactly um, what I would say. But if you started charging seven bucks for that burrito, now I'm back. Would you buy two? I'm there every day. <laughs> exactly. So, so that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's inflation in a sense. So that corporate America is trying to price it right to, A, stay profitable but yet at the same token, not price themselves out of the market. Yeah, and we, I, I swear, I, you know, I don't know any, I'm not an economist, I'm not Jeff Zufall, but I swear <laughs> greedflation it's out there. has been <laughs> happening. These companies are saying, well, they raise their prices, so, so even we, though it's not costing yeah. us more, yep. we're going to jack our prices up too. Yeah, and, so. and that's that was the COVID concept, if you want to call it that. Um, you know, again, if you were the widget manufacturer through COVID, and you saw your cost of raw material go up by 20 cents, you'd raise your prices by 40 cents. I mean, that's common sense to stay profitable. But it went for this scenario where it just got stupid, um, and that's where we are today. Yeah. So, and, and interest rate alone, interest rate increases alone will not knock down corporate profit. I mean, it's, it's, it's showing itself true and true. I mean, maybe, we maybe are still over. willing to go out and buy every, anything and everything. Hey, so. our, our economy is built on consumption. Yeah, I mean the numbers that they show economically is consumption, um, whereas in the past they used to give a what's called an M one and M two and an M three money market money rates in a sense. It shows who's saving, who's not, who's spending. You don't even see those numbers laid out anymore because our economy is built on consumption. So everything is CPI, buying, inflation, buying, yeah. buying <laughs> stuff, spend your money, stuff exactly. that we probably don't need. A lot of it you don't. <laughs> uh, but, you know, consumption junction, what's your function? Buying, yeah. buying, buying, <laughs> anything and everything. Uh, let's go to commercial break. And when we come back, I want to talk ETFs versus mutual funds. Find yeah. out what these are. Because yes. I just found out, Jeff was telling me today, uh, I just found out what these things actually are mm-hmm. and how are they different. Yeah. So we'll do that as well. It's Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall. Trying not to talk tax time today. <laughs> Give Jeff a break because he's eating, sleeping, drinking this stuff eight days a week as we head towards the tax day deadline. And then Jeff's going to take a nice vacation and bring yes. me with him. Nope. Um, <laughs> but we'll we'll give Jeff a reprieve. But there's still plenty of money stuff out there to talk about. Tons. Plenty of stuff that affects me and yep. my everyday, you know, yeah. talking burritos. Why yeah. are they so expensive? <laughs> What's that place with the with the best burgers and fries in town? My brother won't even go there anymore because it's oh, expensive. He, he char- <laughs> they charge too much, and I'm like, yeah, well, it's good. So it's like, what am I going to pay for? I what go. Am I, what am I not going to pay about for? Once a month, I'll. I can't pass it up. Can't pass it up. <laughs> but you're not going every single day, like. Like I want to. Yes. Um, so that all, you know, Wall Street affects Main Street, and we're all tied into this thing, whether yes. we want to be or not. Yep. Um, you know, what happens to those banks on the West and East Coast? Well, it might it might affect my bank. Exactly. Eventually, it does come here. So uh, we're we're talking shop and trying not to talk uh, taxes, but Jeff <laughs> will address your tax questions if you just call him six three six. 
394-5524. One hour a week where he doesn't have to worry about That's right. it. In One studio hour. here with us. But as soon as he walks out, of it, it's back to taxes. 636-394-5524. He's got my taxes. He can do yours, too. We'll go to commercial break. Coming back, keep what's yours with Jeff Zufall on the Big 550 KTRS. Keep what's yours continues with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall. yours with Jeff Zufall. Jeff is the senior tax strategist and wealth advisor with Capital Advisory Group. Uh, the beauty with Jeff is he can talk to me about um, my stocks and my you know, ETFs, and yes. my mutual funds, and my retirement. How much do I have in my Roth? How much do I have uh, in a traditional IRA? I'm splitting it. I'm splitting mm-hmm. it down the middle, 50 yes. here, 50 <laughs> there. And Jeff, I increased by 2% over last year. That's what you want to do. Each year, just add 1% to it as you go forward. I did too because out of That's sight, okay. out of mind. Yeah. And but, I, I want to retire at 71, not 73. <laughs> but a lot of people, what they do is they'll go, oh, I'm going to put a, you know, $5,000 a year away into it. And then it's it's cramping your, your actual ability to pay bills. I mean, yeah, I still need to yeah. pay to keep the heat on. Exactly. exactly. So, you know, what's, so, that, what's that beautiful balance? Yeah. Um, and it's just if you started with a number – Add one percent to it each year as you go forward. It's going to take you a little bit to get there, but you'll get there. If you find out it's choking you, uh, then obviously drop it back down. Exactly. But you can only put in so much to a four hundred one k. Yeah. So to under a Roth every year. Yeah. Under fifty, basically, you're twenty thousand five hundred. Um, then if, if you're over that, then you get a sixty five hundred dollar catch up. Um, so you're at twenty seven thousand total. On an annual basis. So if you 50. if you make a hundred thousand dollars, which you know, good job. Yeah. Um, yeah. But twenty thousand dollars in your four hundred one k that's that's twenty percent. Yes. Of and yeah. if you're doing it pre tax, it's pre tax. So literally, I mean, not to say you won't see that, you will see that. Believe me, in your paycheck. But if you're accustomed to putting that money away, you're good to go. If you yeah, and if you can live yes. on you know the rest yeah. Then you might want to think about maxing out your 401k every year. Max that out. I mean, seriously, that's your goal. Your ultimate goal is to be able to max it out on an annual basis. Yeah. Seriously. Uh, and they cap it because it really is a good deal. It is because let's say that if uh, husband and wife working and you could pay the bills off of one salary, you could bank the rest of the salary and sit tight. It's a great thing. Um, but they also not going to say, hey, you could defer $100,000 a year there are pension plans out there that allow you to do huge dollar amounts, but there's a lot of regulation that you have to go through to get those. So, And the government wants us to have a retirement plan. Otherwise, there would be a bunch of 70-year-old Joshes in the street yes. begging for money because I exactly, ran out. Because you ran out. Exactly. Yeah. So they want us to have, yeah. you know, they want me to fund it. Yes. <laughs> but we're going to talk Social Security on this show uh, Social Security is also funding stuff, too. Yes. Yeah. So originally, back in the day, everybody had a pension. It was pension, Social Security. Um, pretty much a given, you know, boom, you were good. You took off and went. The problem is, is those didn't stay up with inflation if we had inflation. Um, and if typically you'd take a pension and 20 years later, you're like, man, that's nothing anymore. Barely buys a loaf of bread. Because it didn't keep up with inflation. Didn't keep up with inflation. So a lot of the companies in the 70s, early 80s, flipped and went to the 401k concept, which puts the onus on the employee. On me. To make sure that A, money is put away, B, that it gets the right performance on an annual basis going forward, um, and that the delicate balance between how much money do you do pre-tax, how much do you do after tax, and that's the question. Everybody's different in that regard, but that's the question of the day. So uh, Jeff can help you find that perfect balance of trying to max out your 401k mm-hmm. and still trying to eat yes. <laughs> and pay for and, gasoline. Well, and are the, the pre-tax versus after-tax, um, there's two def- definitely, uh, I'll say, different camps um, sitting out there saying, oh, everything should be after-tax because taxes are going to go up in the future. Yeah, I agree 100% with that. Taxes will go up in the future. They have to go up in the future. Um but again, the question is if you are sitting today at a 28 or 30% tax bracket 
and you can put money away. And when you retire, you probably don't have to bring in 300000 a year. Um, do it pre-tax. Yeah. I mean, uh, would you want to pay your tax rate at 30% or at 20%? Exactly. And that's. And when you're talking about hundreds of thousands yes. of dollars, that 10% is huge. 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 So you'd put it away. You'd take the tax advantage today, let it grow tax deferred, and take it out of the lower tax bracket. That's that's the trick. Yeah. That's now, if you're at a ten percent or twelve percent tax bracket, the odds are you'll be in that same bracket when you go into retirement. Honestly, um, so you know that's that's where that I say disparity comes into play. Maybe the game isn't going to work for you, yeah. and that's why you go and talk to Jeff. And exactly. You can we set figure out a different up. angle. <laughs> and you know, everybody's a snowflake. I hate to say it. I hate to use that word because you know. <laughs> Uh, certain people have taken that and run with yeah, it. Yeah, ran and, with it, yes. <laughs> buried it in the ground is a bad thing. It just means that we are all different. different. Yes. So Jeff's plan for the guy that came in right before me is not going to be the same plan exactly. for me. Exactly. It's tailored to me, and you yep. take into account that I have a wife, we've got a house, one child, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've got a condo down in Gulf Shores that we share with my parents. How do I make sure that, that my mom gets the tax hit and I don't on that? <laughs> She's not listening today. Yeah, right. <laughs> so Jeff can help set you up. And the beauty of this, and let's talk Social Security here because we already brought it up. But the beauty of this is that you can talk to Jeff about your wealth and, and setting up your retirement. But he's also a senior tax strategist as well. You can talk to him about the taxes. Yes. Because if you put money away pre-tax, 2023, April 1st. Happy April Fool's Day, by the way. Yes. <laughs> April 1st, you put money away. You are literally saying pre-tax. You're saying, I will worry about the taxes later. Yes. If I be, if I turn 65 or 70 or 73 – or probably seventy five by the time seventy five for us. <laughs> by the time I get to seventy five, that's they're going to make me start taking my money. Yes, out. and I haven't worried about the taxes. Shame it's on an, me. It's an issue. That's it's my a, problem. Because I I said thirty years ago, I'll worry about the taxes later. Yes. Well, at some point you have to address this. Yes. So here's the here's the setup to that. The IRS is not stupid. They're hey, put as much money as you want pre-tax away, knowing at some point in time it's going to have to be taken out. Most people will take Social Security somewhere between 62 and 67 is the norm. Um, Because we'll get into this in a minute as your full retirement age and all that stuff. But they'll take it. And then guess what? The old rules were your required minimum distribution was not due until the, the year in which you turned 70 and a half. So you're already comfortable making your income, you haven't touched your IRA, and then boom, at 70 and a half or 73, or for us, it's going to be 75, your RMD money shows up. And guess what? Your Social Security income that you've been getting is now taxable as high, either 50 or 85% of it is taxable income to you. And Social Security is not supposed to be taxed. Hypothetically, it was sold back in the, the day in the 30s, um, as, hey, you're going to pay tax on this money to put it in there, and you will never pay tax on it ever yeah, again. We won't tax <laughs> you when you go to take it out. And but, I, but that's not the case. No, and I say this, the, and this goes back a little history. Um, the first administration that decided to tax Social Security was Reagan, um, and he taxed it, I think it was 5%. And then every administration has jumped on the bandwagon since and added it, we're at 50%. Are eighty five, depending upon your retirement income. So, if you make too much money in <clears> retirement, <throat> the government steps in and says, "Well, you need that Social Security money to live." Yes, <laughs> but then you make over fifty, seventy, eighty thousand yeah. dollars a year. They say, "Well, you're making a pretty good living. You must not need all of this Social Security so money." We're going to tax them. So now we're going to tax it. Yes. So again, it's not that it's taxed at eighty five percent. Um, that'd be terrible. I heard somebody <clears throat> on the radio say they're taxing your Social Security at 85%. And I, I jumped up and I said, not true. <laughs> that is not true. So it's actually whatever your taxable tax bracket is or your ordinary income bracket is. So if you get $10,000 as, as being paid to you from Social Security 
8,500 shows up in the taxable column and you pay whatever your current tax rate is on that 8,500. My current tax rate is 24%. Um, exactly. So I would pay 24% on $8,500, yes. not, not 85% yes. of $10,000. Yes. And I wanted to shout at the radio. Say, <laughs> if you are taxing someone at 85%, That's you'd have pitchforks in the street. Riots yes. in the street. What's the point of even giving me Social Security if you're yes. going to take 85% of it back from me? Exactly. That's not the way it works. Yes. But but that kind that of is it's how it functions. And so the issue is this is when people bring that RMD and their Social Security and maybe a pension to the table, all of a sudden your tax situation looks terrible. I mean, terrible because it's all taxable income plopped down. Um, it, but, and that's the thing. Taxable income. Yes. But how do we get non-taxable, you know, and it's so, not even considered income at that point. Well, and so the setup to that is if you have that, it's, it's at probably 50-ish, 55-ish, um, the planning technique is to say, hey, you were very diligent. You packed money away in your IRA, and this is the only way around it. You then do the mathematical equation to say, do you convert part of your IRA to a Roth as you go forward? So when you convert, you pay tax on it. Okay, but it's now after-tax money. And as long as you have the time, and I say like longevity, to make back the taxes that you paid out, hypothetically, um, then you're okay. But in some situations, it just mathematically doesn't work as you go forward. So let, uh, let's do this. You know, let's give, let's use nice round numbers mm -hmm. and just say a million dollars. Yes, and if I've socked away a million dollars, I've done really well in my Pretty life, good. I think. Yeah. Uh, but this is a million dollars pre-tax. Yes. Traditional, um, you know, this is this is at some pre-tax 401k. At some point when I go to take this money out, the government's going to say, you owe us. Yes. So when I look at my retirement account and there's a million dollars in there, I need to be thinking to myself, that's not all mine. Exactly. The government has a percentage of that because I have not paid. I'll pay the taxes later. Yeah. Later's now. Exactly. And how am I going to efficiently take this money out and convert it while playing the game and saying the government, part of this is theirs. Yes. But how much of it, that's up to me. Exactly. And so, technically, that's up to you, Jeff. Well, so, you have to yeah. help me make this plan. So the, the plan is, is you, you sit down. You take and create it in a piece of software and say, what's your income going to look like? And again, this we're projecting. This is heavy, heavy math. It's heavy math. We're projecting off. We don't want to do a tax projection longer than three years in the future. Um, technically, right now, we got till 2025. Um, the entire tax law sunsets in 2025. Um, so whoever wins the, and again, hate to say politics, but again, whoever wins the election in 2024 gets to set the rules going forward. So the Trump tax cuts of 2017. All expire 25. Paul Ryan helped push yep. it through. And then as soon as it got through, he retired. He's like, see ya. Went back to Wisconsin. <laughs> um, so all of that stuff, sunsets 2025. 2025. Maybe they'll say, hey, let's extend it. They could. Or maybe they don't. Or, or they, maybe they're like, here's the new rule. Yep. This is a new one, and we're going to tax you, you know, 92%. So <laughs> yeah, you don't know until we get there. So that's that's an unknown, and that's something that we have to deal with on an ongoing basis. You can't, in, you can't plan on, on yeah. you know, what's the tax code in 2026 going to be. We don't know. Don't know. So but let's do our best guess and our due diligence yes. and come up with a strategy. This million dollars is not all mine. No. How much do you have in your account? I would say, well, it is a million, but I haven't paid taxes yet. <laughs> exactly. Well, how much are you going to pay in taxes? That's up the to question. Jeff to figure out. So we would say you're going to retire at X date. We bring in your you know, retirement income. Um, we bring in Social Security to the equation and try to figure out what, your, what does your income look like on an annual basis going forward. And then if your income declines, you take whatever that gap is in a sense, say that you were working and you made $100,000 a year. You're now retired. You're making 80000 a year. You got a $20,000 window. You would then start to convert $20,000 of that million into a Roth on an annual basis going forward. Kind of like you never really, you know, quit working. 
up until the time that you're forced to take your first RMD. But try taking $20,000 <laughs> out every year, there's a million in there. It's that's going to take gonna, a while. That's going to take 40 <laughs> years. Yeah. Um, so the question is, where is that perfect spot where I can take X amount out without jumping up into a higher tax bracket? We have people where they're taking 150000 a year for the next seven years to get that money moved over into a Roth. And to- once it's once you t- you take out 150 every year, you pay the taxes on it. Yep. Once it gets into the Roth, then it's tax free. You never pay tax on it again. You'll That's- never pay and I can take out whatever uh, you want. Whatever I want and not yep. have to worry about a tax hit. So it's not it's not even a tax hit. It's the beneficiaries will never inherit it. I mean, and I say they'll they'll inherit it, but they won't inherit it with a tax angle, right? So if, oh, if you, I left a, a million dollars in uh, a pre-taxed IRA and I die, yes. my son is going to have a major tax bill. Yes. Well, he's got it goes into what's called a beneficial IRA, and then he has ten years to liquidate that account. So literally, if you're doing tax planning, you go, hey, it's a million bucks shows up. Um, let's do $100,000 a year every year as you go forward to liquidate it out and, and reduce the taxes, if you want to call it that. If he doesn't liquidate it in 10 years, though. They force it out at the end of the 10th year. And, and it's fully taxed. So it's a million. Well, it's probably in 10 years, it's, it's $1.4 million that's pay, that's taxable that year. Mm. So he skyrockets through the. You know the 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 tax brackets, and as instead of paying twenty four percent on the, as it right sits right now thirty nine point six plus if state of Missouri five plus a three point he's having to pay almost fifty percent taxes yeah on a, a in, on a million dollars that's five hundred thousand exactly just goes if poof. you only pay twenty four percent that's you know pay half <laughs> pay half in taxes yes what would so, you rather do so the strategy is to get. While you're while you're working and making big bucks in a sense, pre-tax it, and then you have to have a game plan on the backside, which is how do you extract this money out as you go forward. And I, I always say this: I'll worry about the taxes later. You have to yeah. remember <laughs> that you said that. Yes, all um, those years ago. Otherwise, you show up at retirement, you don't worry about it, and then RMD kicks in. And when RMD kicks in, there you can't convert your RMD to a Roth. I mean, it goes, it's taxable income, boom. And they force it out. It's forced out. You don't get to pick. Yeah. Oh, I so, don't need that money. Too bad. Yeah, too bad. You have to take it anyway because we made a deal with you. Yes. And we're the federal government and we need we need your taxes. Yeah. And the old secure, well, I shouldn't say that. The old rules were if you missed your first or second or third RMD, didn't matter what one you missed, it was a 50% penalty on what you didn't take out. So- Let's say that it was uh, you had four IRAs out there. You took it out of three. You missed one. Um, whatever, the, and it was say it's a thousand dollars. Your penalty was five hundred dollars. Oh my gosh! Plus, then you had to take that thousand dollars out and pay tax on it. So, Secure Act. So don't miss your RMD because they get they're expensive. Gonna, <laughs> they're not even going to. It's not a tax. It's a fee. It's a well, it's a penalty. Yeah. Um, so now they've come along and basically with Secure Act 2.0, which was signed in, I guess, in January of this year. I think it was January. Um, Secure Act says, "Hey, we're going to reduce that fifty percent penalty because again, you're basically seventy and a half, seventy three. Some people got sick. They went in the hospital. They didn't have people helping them out. They missed their RMD. It's a huge. And if let's say your RMD is forty thousand dollars a year, you got a fifty percent penalty on that. I mean, the math is stupid. You're just giving money away. Yes. This whole show is called "Keep <laughs> What's Yours." We try to tell yes. you it's okay to pay taxes, but not a penny more than what you have to legally obligated. And if you're paying a fifty percent fee. Because yes. you didn't take your RMD, that's that's the opposite of keep what's yours. Yes. So, that's giving away your money exactly. to the government that you didn't have to. Yes. So the feds came along in Secure Act 2.0 and they said, yeah, that's kind of aggressive. Um, <laughs> oh, you think 50% is <laughs> and aggressive? That rule's been out there forever. Um, and so what they did was they said now the penalty is 25%. Um, and then if you could correct your oopsie, in a, what they say, a reasonable amount of time, which I still haven't seen anything in writing that says this is reasonable, but we're assuming three, four months, 
um, they will drop the penalty to 10% and are in some cases waive it. So it's still, you know, they, they, what they don't want is people to say, oh, I forgot to take my RMD. I'll just take two this year. Everything's fine. They're trying to penalize you for not taking it. Scare years. you yes. into actually yeah. doing this because people, ah, I'll do it yeah. next year. So maybe if we see the trend where people go, oh, it's only 10%, are they going to waive it? It's not a big deal. Um, maybe in two, three years you see where they bring they that penalty back up, back up yeah. to get people's attention to make sure. I mean, we sit at the end of the year through November, December with a list of everybody that has to take an RMD and literally go line by line by line to make sure that it's taken. Because so. and essentially what the government is saying is, Josh, we let you go 40 years without paying any taxes tax. on this money. Yes, we want it. <laughs> we are in debt up to our ears. We need yes. your tax money. You and then they've just forced me to take it out so yeah. they can tax it and go about their business. Exactly. Um, exactly. So one other thing that I wanted to mention is if this is something that oh uh, later on down the road Josh is going to have to worry about taxes. Okay. Yeah. Well, if I wanted to retire at sixty-five, when do I need to start looking at this? Fifties. In the fifties. Yeah. Because that may you give, you... give yourself a, a landing strip. Exactly. Big enough to start taking this stuff out. Yeah. Hopefully you've built it up enough, you know, through your 30s, your 40s, where you're making big bucks. You get into your 50s. Um, that's when you want to say, hey, what's what's my, you know, what's my exit strategy? Um, so. And and once you convert it to Roth, that's my money now. They can yes. tax that again. As, uh, yes. it's As like, of current tax rates, yes. <laughs> like if I get paid and they put money in my account and they take the taxes out for Social Security and Medicare and mm-hmm. all that stuff, um, it's in the bank. When I go to the bank to take out 40 bucks, they're not taxing me no, again. exactly. That's my money. As, and that's what the Roth is. Yes, as long as you don't take out. So the, the rule on a Roth states that if you put money into a Roth, you basically have a five-year hold, five years or 59 and a half for the earnings that you put in there. So, so or I shouldn't say what earnings you put in, but the earnings on the account have to stay there five years or 59 and a half, whichever is longer. So under the concept, you put $1,000 into a Roth, you have the ability to pull that 1000 bucks back out two weeks later. The principal I can take out. Exactly. But not the earnings. Not the earnings. But the earnings have to cook. They have to stay there. So, okay. and if you were... 58 and you said hey i just put money in this roth guess what 59 and a half isn't your number anymore it's now you know five years is your rule on the earnings so okay well that makes sense i mean it makes sense to me but i think the biggest picture here is if you're doing a pre-tax uh traditional ira traditional 401k the numbers they start the numbers and letters start yes they start to get to it <laughs> but the pre-tax you're going to have a tax bill yes, somewhere down the road. Yes. If you don't address it at some point in your 50s or early 60s, you're just going to have to pay whatever they tell you to pay. Exactly. And there's there's just and it's no, always going to be higher than what you probably need to. Way higher. Yeah. Way higher. Seriously. So, so you, need a, you need a tax plan. Yes. <laughs> not just every year on April 16th and 17th and 18th this year. Uh, you need a tax plan for your life. Yes. And yeah, or at least a, at least a direction to say, hey, approximately in my mid to late fifties, I start to convert, or maybe you can't convert to a Roth because you're still making big bucks. But again, it are are if you basically if you if you are not seventy three in twenty twenty three, it's going to be uh, I think it's twenty twenty five and beyond. It'll be age seventy five. Seventy five. So for, I say us, in a sense, it'll be 75 before we're forced to take our first And they might raise it to 80s by the time I get up there. Now, if anything, I see it, they really won't come down on it, but they're going to hold it. They're going to plateau it. Yeah. So if I come in to see you uh, and I want to talk about uh, my tax planning for the future, uh, and I come in to see you and it's before April 18th, you're going to say, Josh, I'm a little too busy right now. Yes, I do. (laughs) But I'm 41. And I come and see you and I say, Jeff, I've got money uh, pre-taxed in a traditional uh, plan. I, I want to start coming up with a tax strategy. Are you going to tell me, Josh, it's too early? No, not at all. Okay. Because it will be part of the financial plan and then the spinoff of that is the tax angle on it. And but again, it, if I get to 60, you're probably going to tell me you should have come in. Yeah, to say, hey, we should have looked at this. 10 years ago mm-hmm. just to see where you're at if you had any options or the ability if i come to in at 70 something. 
pretty much it's a done deal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I won't say it's there's there's always something, but it you're probably not going to get a lot because you just don't have the time, especially in the Roth arena. Um, you just don't have time for that money to cook. Because if you, you know, you got to take that money out before mm-hmm. you hit that RMD. If you only have three years to take out a million dollars. That's what I mean. You're, you're paying taking, a huge tax yep, rate. That's that's why the couple that we have, they're taking, I say couple, a couple of people, they're taking 150 grand a year out, converting it to a Roth. All we're trying to do is reduce the the required minimum distribution six years down the road. That's it. I'm the kind of person that likes to say, pay the devil you know, yes, <laughs> and not, you know, the question marks in the future. I like this idea of Roth. I'll, yeah. Look, I'll oh, pay yeah. the taxes now, and I'll just know that money's free and clear. That's mine. Yes. <clears throat> what would you say to that? I would say maybe, but maybe not. And if you're using tax law to your advantage <clears throat> in your younger years when you're making big bucks, pre-tax it. And then as you get older, you say, hey, I got too much pre-tax. Now you start to adjust and put money to the Roth. If I did nothing but Roth, I could get to sixty-five, seventy, and look back and say, have, well, have, I left money on the table. Yes, you'd leave a lot of money on the table. Because remember, dollars that go into a 401k, whether it's Roth or pre-tax, makes no difference. The th- concept behind that is tax deferral of your money for 20, 30, 40 years then take it out and pay the tax. So you'd say, hey, I put, you know, to, to get that after-tax money into the, the Roth 401k, every dollar you might get 80 cents, yeah, 85 cents that goes into it. So it sounds very small, but that, that 15 cents over 40 years, that's a chunk of change, especially yeah. per paycheck. So uh, do you want to put in – what's your tax rate now? What's your tax rate going to be 30 years from now when exactly. you retire? Uh, and what are the things that you can do, the strategies exactly. that you can implement between now and then to try to, Just to reduce hit the lowest yep. tax rate possible, and that's the game yep. to play? That's it. And that's and it. It's literally a game. It's a mathematical equation and on it's, an annual it's, basis. Jeff, it is math that I do not have. I just do not have. We have software that does it for us. Believe good, me. <laughs> good. But it's even the the concepts are just mm-hmm. so confusing that you just need somebody to help you with it. Yeah, to walk you through it and say, "Hey, where are you at now? Where do you think you'll be?" And again, you're projecting. Sometimes you're projecting twenty years in the future. Odds are you know it's wrong. <laughs> yeah. And I think I think in this scenario, uh, much like many scenarios, um, procrastination mm-hmm. is is one it's, of the the worst yes. friends you can have in yes. this. Uh, I know that my wife last time uh, last year when we saw you, she's got money in retirement, but it's it doesn't it's not very aggressive. Yeah. And you know, oh, we'll deal with this later, and uh, I'll come back and see you, Jeff. And it's been a whole year, mm-hmm. and now she's had even more money pumped into her retirement yeah. account at this very conservative rate. We could have been leaving money on the table. Hypothetically, mm-hmm. yes, but in this market, no. Okay, <laughs> because the market's been twenty-two was terrible. Um, Twenty-three start started off okay. We'll see how it goes. Um, touch and go currently. But we definitely want to every year, if not just on tax day, a couple times a year, and we come out and see you mm-hmm. at least twice a year, uh, come out, revisit it, and say, are we still doing the right things? Exactly. And again, in in your wife's respect, um, the concept is if you go, hey, I'm not going to use this for 30 years, I mean, the odds are go as aggressive as you can possibly go. Um, and buy low, sell high is the trick. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's not that easy. <laughs> um, but that was the concept. So you have 30 years on your side. So if you got super aggressive today and you had 30 or 40 years before you were going to use that money, put it in, let it run. Yeah. Um, don't don't even look at it. Um, just let it run its course. And don't look at it because it'll drive you crazy. It'll probably. drive you nuts if you're in there daily. Um, we yeah. have software that people can view. If I was in there March 2020, uh, I would have said, Bruh. oh, yeah, you would have been panic mode. Like, because everything here. dropped by half. Yeah. But by the, all, end, by the end of the year, you were up 20. It came back. <laughs> so don't look at yeah. it. It's like a scale in your bathroom. Yes. Don't stand no. on it every day because no. it'll drive you crazy. Yep, exactly. All right. 
Let's go to commercial break. And when we come back, a great conversation. It really helps me out when you explain it like this because now I have the tools Mm -hmm. to go back to you because you are my tax guy. (laughs) You are my wealth advisor. The tools to go back to you and say, remember what we talked about on the radio? (laughs) But now people out there listening say, actually, these are concepts that I'm kind of getting. Who, Who can I call? To implement this stuff into my strategy. Well, you call Jeff. Exactly. 636-394-5524. He's my guy. He can be your guy, too. And you've got gals in the office. Yes. uh, Guys and gals. And they're all working on my behalf. Exactly. To make sure that I'm not paying too much every year out to the federal government. And that 30 years from now, I'm not giving them a big one-time tax tax gift yes <laughs> uh, that i'm paying them as small a tax i don't mind paying them their due mm-hmm. but not a penny more exactly. than i have to exactly and that's what keep what's yours is all about we'll go to commercial break give jeff a call 636-394-5524 jeff zufall capital advisory group capital advisory grp capital advisory grp keep what's yours continues with josh gilbert and jeff zufall important information yeah. and i think that that's information people can use and if you want to give jeff a call 636-394-5524 and you want to tell him hey jeff i made a promise to myself that i would address those taxes <laughs> later uh well later's now and it's i need now worry I, about it yes. i need a plan <laughs> give him a call 636-394-5524 i'm talking quickly because we don't have a lot of time but i wanted to get into just a very brief what is the difference between a mutual fund an ETF, which is so hot right now, and a stock. Okay. Stock is an individual company. Um, and I use Apple. You know, Apple, Google, whoever. Alphabet. Yeah. Right. Um, single company has no expense ratio. You buy it, you sit on it, you do your thing. Again, buy if low, If it goes up, high. you make yeah. money. If it goes down, you, you lose. lose money. Um, and you could get wiped out because a company could be a, a, a WorldCom and go one day, hey, we've been cooking the books. Poof, it's worthless. Oh, my God, yeah. You're done. Okay. So that's... That's kind of a strategy that people try to play, but you could get burnt if they go they go down. Then there's an ETF, electronically traded fund. Looks like a mutual fund, trades like a stock. And the, what, what I mean by that is if uh, 1 o'clock in the afternoon you want to sell it on a market day, you press the button or make the phone call, it's sold at 102 or whatever the number is. And you get that price at 102 in the afternoon. But what's inside of it? Like so, a QQQ or my sister yeah. set me up with a spider. Spider. Basically, it is a consortium of stocks or bonds or combination. QQQ has commercials on TV now. They do. They got tons. And, and what is it? It's a little bit of Apple. It's a little yes. bit of They're this company. Go buy, it's a little bit of that yeah. company. It's a basket of stocks of a sector or of an industry. Um, so, And here's the difference. So a mutual fund looks like an ETF, but it's a mutual fund. (laughs) So it's a basket of stocks that sit out there. There's in the ETF and the mutual funds, there's expense ratios that are buried inside of these things that you got to read a prospectus to see it. Um, Most ETFs are cheap, relatively cheap. Um, You could get them for maybe 0.15 on an annual basis, but they do go up from there depending upon whose ETF it is. A mutual fund has a manager. So if you sell a mutual fund and you say at one o'clock, hey, I'm put my, I want to sell it today, they don't know what the share price is until the close of business and they add up everything inside of it. Okay. So that's the difference between a mutual fund and an ETF. And do they take their cut? And they also get an expense ratio, which typically mutual funds are a little bit higher. I say that, but again, depending upon what fund you're buying, what sector you're buying, all that good stuff. So Wall Street Journal had a report. Uh, I think this is like three weeks old. And they said, who makes a better <clears throat> tax-wise? Is it ETF or is it a mutual fund? And they went through their study, and what they basically said is you've got to stay in the same fund family, so you can't compare an apple and an orange between right. the two. But as long as you stay in the same fund family, so if you T. Rowe Price or iShares, whoever, that have ETFs and mutual funds, that the ETF actually came out at 0.33% better tax savings at the end of the year. Hmm. So, 
And 0.33%, that's less than a percent. Yeah. 0.33%. I was I would say to, to Jeff, who cares? It's less than a percentage point. But if you buy and hold over a 10, 20, 30-year period, that's a ton of money. And that's what we're looking at here. Exactly. And, and keep what's yours. And I want someone like Jeff to say, Josh, I'm keeping my eye on the 5%, but I'm also keeping my eye on the 0.33%. Exactly. That's, and that's the theory behind it. Not saying one's better than the other by no means. That could be it's thousands easy. of dollars. Could be, easily. So, And that's the difference. So most people will have within a portfolio, if you if you got a higher risk tolerance, you'll buy stocks, individual stocks, and roll with it from there. Um but again, that single issue stock is your issue. An ETF and a mutual fund may have 50, 100, 1,000 different holdings in it. So if one company blows up, yeah, it's bad, but you're okay. You know, the rest yeah. of them will hold it up and go forward from there. $100,000. What's 0.33%? That's 330 bucks a year. Yeah. Hey, that's, that's a beautiful steak dinner. Exactly. And you do that over <laughs> over years and you years do that, over exactly multiple stocks and and ETFs. Yeah, you're looking at some real real. It's money. serious money. So so that's always a debate out there. But that's the difference between a single stock, an ETF, and a mutual fund. And then the only issue you run into is an ETF and a mutual fund. You could have what's called equity overlap, which means you bought Apple, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna buy it and try and trade this. But you might already own it in your ETF in side, and your mutual fund. Yeah. So if it goes up, that's great. You make money. But if it goes down, you got three buckets three that just buckets. went down. Yeah, exactly. So things to keep your eye on. Jeff Zufall, yes. 636-394-5524. Call him today if you want to talk about all this stuff. Oh, he's a little busy right now. Just a little. <laughs> but he's there for the rest of the year. That's and, right. And it's never too soon. And it's never too late That's right. to have these conversations. 636-394-5524, Jeff Zufall, Capital Advisory Group. And I hope we gave you at least an hour where you didn't have to look Little at, reprieve, yes. at taxes. <laughs> Good luck, Jeff. Thank you. And uh, that I can see the vacation. It's just over the horizon. So right, that's right, it is. <laughs> you still got a couple more weeks, though. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much. And if thank you, you do need help with your taxes, it's never too late. Give That's Jeff right. a call. 636-394-5524. See you, Jeff. See you next week. You've been listening to Keep What's Yours with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Sufall, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Manager at Capital Advisory Group. To learn more, call 636-394-5524 or visit capitaladvisorygrp.com.